The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Nah, 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 come on. I did it again. I did it like Britney Spears before she got commandeered by her father. Oopsie, my golly, I mushed another team. Yes, I did. Um, it's the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. Uh, poor John Morant got astray. I had a whole thing about them. And then all of a sudden, as much as I filleted them for going 9-1, and one, yeah, metaphorically speaking, they then went on an immediate down, downhill spiral. And then later on in the show, we also get into another reason that the Lakers are unfixable. Like, it's just one after another now. But now there's new injury news of Anthony Davis, so it's just more time to dissect what the fuck is happening in Lakerland. So do me a favor, bro, and drop that beat. last week about the Memphis Grizzlies. How good they've been. All these role players stepping up. Desmond Bain, Anthony Melton. All these people that the casual fan has no idea who they are. You know, Dylan Brooks is doing things. They won 9 of 10. They were, like, it was not an exaggeration to say that they were the hottest team in basketball at the time that that segment came out. Uh, And if you've been following the Heat Check or this league at all, you'll know uh, and could guess exactly what followed after that. Uh, a mush. An Im- immediate an immediate downward spiral of the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, yes. I didn't just mush them, though. I mushed them twice, which is even worse, right? First and foremost, they lost 105-100 to to the Portland Trailblazers at home. At home the day after the episode dropped. Like, the day, I mean, the the mush, there's no delay. There's no mush delay here. As soon as we push publish, as soon as there's one stream, even if it's just one stream, put it out on the TikTok, put a little promo out, submit, then it's just the ether conspires against me. It's just everything goes the opposite way because why can I be right on a micro level? I cannot be. I might remind people that Portland at that point, at that point had only won one road game at that period. The one road game and their second road game was that one against the hottest team of basketball, Memphis Grizzlies. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Memphis. And now worse yet, the next game they played the Oklahoma City Thunder that they had just beaten by 70-plus points 
without Jaw, and they get Jaw back. And everyone's like, ooh, they're gonna, how much are they going to steamroll him by that time? I know SGA came back, but Jaw's back. Look out, MVP. Look out, NBA. Jaw's coming. The ninja emoji has emerged. Spanish no more. Taking the court. Storming back. And Oklahoma City beat them 102-99 in about as ugly as a game as the Grizzlies have played all year. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, Lord help me. Lord help the Grizzlies because they might not win another game. So to recap, in the past year I have mushed the Orlando Magic. After a hot, quick start, uh, I must remind you, after that episode dropped, Markel Foltz tore his ACL. Uh, Utah Jazz, incredible against the spread winning streak. As soon as that episode came out, uh, that against the spread winning streak uh, ceased to exist. Uh, Dallas Mavericks, after their winning streak. Uh, and the end of the season, when the Golden State Warriors last year were playing really well, I said, hey, hold on, hold the phone. They could actually go to the finals. Didn't make the playoffs at all. Um... There's just a few that come to mind. I mean, it's one after another, after another, after another. Oh, Bucks, the good one. Bucks will never win the championship ever in their current construction. They won that following year after, you know, everyone thought that they were toast. So, yeah, since the episode filleting the Grizzlies metaphorically came out, they are 0-2 with one loss, uh, including John Morant on the floor, against two of the worst teams in the league. Uh, yeah. Any team who has an unexpected segment written about them. I'm not talking about, like, Golden State right now where it's like, there's nothing I can do. Like, 9-1. Golden State will not go 1-9-1. And, and they did. That was another one. I mean, if I say you're a world beater or if I say you're not going to be good like the uh, Chicago Bulls, it just goes the opposite. It just goes the opposite. And it's funny. And it's just, uh, it's just the surest fire way to send a team into a tailspin is for them to catch my attention and to, for me to spend time researching how good they could be and are. Uh, so John Morant is now taking a hiatus uh, from social media uh, at large because he was booed off the court uh, in his first game back. Yep, that happened. So... I can say that that might be part two of the mush. Because I was like, oh, Jaw's coming. NBA, look out. MVP candidate. Jaw did not have a bad game uh, in his return, but it wasn't also a great game. But that shouldn't matter. He was coming back from injury, his first game back, off of something that could have been devastating after something that people thought might be a Derrick Rose situation. And we all got to see him ball out again in like eight, eight weeks' time. So, I mean, it should be a, a celebration, bitches. It should be a celebration. Of course he's rusty, uh, but apparently not, Grizzlies fans have very high hopes, uh, high expectations for how a star is going to come back off, off of an MCL sprain. Uh, they got used to winning 90% of their games. Fuck it. So, hey, if he's not going to contribute to winning 95 97% of the games, then get this motherfucker off the court right now. Because, like, listen, we just beat this team by 70 Jaw, what have you done for me lately? We just lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder with you on the floor. We just beat them by 70, so obviously you are trash. Obviously you are the problem, Jaw. <laughs> Pretty bad coincidence, I'd say. Uh, fan base has now become, I would say, maybe a worse, more entitled version of the Golden State Warriors. Just, just gross. Hate them. And, like, truthfully, this team's probably going to be moved, so fuck them anyway. Really, like... <laughs> Like, when when this franchise is up for sale, I promise you there won't be a covenant where it has to stay in Memphis. I promise you. Uh, and so, 
fuck him because they heckled Ja Morant. They heckled him. They heckled their all-star player, number two player, taken off the board, the future of the franchise. They heckled him. He was 16, 8, and 6 on a 6 for 12 shooting night in just 28 minutes. He was plus two for the game that was decided by one. Yeah, that is a good game. (laughs) Decided by one possession. I mean, damn. I would take that coming off an injury. I tell you what, fans were not happy to see their team lose to a team that they blew out. And Ja, they let him know it. And Ja got sad. Ja, this is a segment really about just Ja being sad. So <laughs> you're talking about a guy. So, but what's crazy is like Ja doesn't get sad. Like the it's so remarkable. Ja has literally gone on the record and said, "My dad, my father." My father, my biological father, is my greatest hater. Like, he has been calling me trash for as long as I can remember. And I take his hate and him in the driveway saying I'll never be shit. I take that as fuel. And I turn that into leading the league in points in the paint and dunking on people's faces and putting my nuts right in their nose. You know what I mean? Like... Not even metaphorically, like just actually, that's truthfully. He loves criticism. He says he turns hate and he makes it productive. So for a guy like Ja, who can allow his own father to trash talk him, for him to get sad, imagine all of the lengths a fan base would have to go in order to get there, right? Like that's nuts. After a near devastating injury that provides perspective, hopefully, for himself and for the fan base of what they could have lost and what was right there to enjoy the moment of having John Morant back. He comes back and then they do that. Folks, imagine what it must take to rattle that man. This is what he said after the loss. Even during the game, I was running down the court and heard some of my fans courtside, courtside, not even in the cheap seats, courtside fans telling me I need to sit back out. (laughs) So I don't understand what they were trying to get out of that. I think it makes it worse. Like, you don't think John knew, hey, this we just beat this team by 70 and now we're barely in the game. You don't think he had the presence of mind to get that parallel on his own? You don't think John's smart enough to see how that may not be great optically? Come on. Come on now. Sheesh. He wasn't done. He kept going. This is what he said. It's a lot, man. I'm excited to be back. I'm thankful for my teammates because they've tried to keep my spirits up and tell me not to worry about what people say. But it's hard not to see that stuff and hear that stuff. It's easy when I see it. But when I'm running down the court mid-game and I hear it from the same people who were chanting MVP a while ago, it's frustrating. There was more. This is also what he said. I'm just frustrated. Normally, y'all have seen it. When anything somebody says negatively about me, it fuels me. But tonight, tonight the remarks from the fans actually hurt my feelings. I'm going to do what I normally do. I'm going to bounce back. I'm very excited about this next game. Pause. Folks, take the PRA for John Moran next game because I'm sure he's going to blow it out of the water. Whatever the point number is, whatever the three-point number, just take it all. Take all the John Morant props because he's fuel. He got so sad, though, his teammates had to chime in and defend him to the fan base. 
This is what Desmond Bain said. It's nonsense. People just want something to talk about. At the end of the day, they want something to talk about, and Jaw's an easy target because he's the best player on our team and an all-star in his third year. He will be in Memphis as long as he wants to be. It's his franchise. I mean, what are we even talking about here? Jaw was still brooding after the press conference, and that is when he took to social media to say goodbye to folks on social media, which he later deleted because he was so in his feelings after the fact he realized, God damn, I was in my feelings. This is what he said. Off social media for a while. Peace emoji. Uh, anybody who need me got my number. Love is love. Black heart emoji. Then followed up by saying, appreciate the real ones. Black heart emoji. The Memphis fan base, the trash-ass Memphis fan base that doesn't even have good barbecue, they felt the need, because it's all vinegar-based, they felt the need to come after John Morant, and they ran him off of Twitter. Think about that. In one game, these motherfuckers in the expensive seats on the court ran John Morant off of Twitter. Are you kidding me? Three days ago, John Morant was on Twitter speaking in Spanish. With the ninja emoji three days ago. Like, Jaw loves Twitter. I love Jaw on Twitter. And now he's gone. And now we don't get that anymore. This is a guy who was MVP candidate. Comes back, one mediocre game, limited minutes, and they're like, grab the bench, Jaw. <laughs> Sit your ass down, Jaw. We don't need you anymore. We're going to roll out with DeAnthony Melton. And Desmond Bain. Get the fuck out of here. Are you serious? I'm starting to think the fan base of Memphis doesn't deserve Ja Morant. If they don't shut the fuck up, Ja Morant might never see social media again. He might shave his head like Britney Spears and go into his own little hovel and probably force his way out of Memphis where he's at it, where he's not going to be heckled for coming back early in what could have been like catastrophic injury. He rushed himself back. He was literally counting down the days like ding, dunk, tick, tock. Two more days before I come back with my sword emoji. Like what? So, I mean, it's probably only a couple more days before we see like, is Memphis better without John Morant? Next up on Undisputed. And as for me, I'm taking all the John Morant moments I could get because... Life's too short to watch just Desmond Bain ball out for the Grizzlies. Hey. Yeah. I'm making a change today. The liquor been taking the pain away. I heard you was giving your chain away. That's kind of like giving your fame away. What's wrong with you? I sit in a box where the owners do. A boss is a role that I've grown into. I love you to death, but I told you the truth. I can't just be with you. I'm if you polled you. 100 yeah, NBA fans, start of the season. And you said, after 30 games, I'm going to give you two choices. Cleveland Cavaliers or the L.A. Lakers. Which team is going to be better after 30 games? People would say, is this a trick question? Are you serious? 100 out of 100. No no chance anyone even imagines a moment that the Cleveland Cavaliers after 30 games would be better than the Lakers. Let alone that they would be better off for the future. No chance. Like, absolutely. Like, maybe a little fluky moment. Everybody dies in L.A. Laker land. And then somehow Cleveland plays 
no one and everybody that they play has covid and it's all g league like maybe but like okay jay scrub is like logging many minutes you know nobody like everyone high levels of confidence chooses lakers but here we are 30 games in and look at the standings the Cavs are the better team right now the Cavs are not just a better team right now they are in better shape for the future for the long term and the intermediate term than the Lakers I bet you that the Cavs end up with a better record than the Lakers this season and I know that I said last season in the offseason when they signed Russell Westbrook and they had problems and Dennis Schroeder didn't sign and then that thing fell apart and then you had Montrez Harrell wanting out and you had you know, couldn't sign even Dwight Howard. And there was just many issues of things going wrong. And I said, this is rock bottom. And now I know that wasn't rock bottom. This, I might think, is rock bottom because it's a real world scenario now where you're comparing the Lakers to the Cavs. LeBron James's former franchise, and it doesn't look good. The Lakers do not look good in comparison to the Cavs. And you've got folks in real world, in the real world, I have to point this out, people like Kendrick Perkins are not imagining scenarios, but they are creating real scenarios where LeBron James is forcing him his way from Los Angeles, California, to Cleveland, <laughs> Ohio. Let me let that sink in for a second. There are people like Jimmy Patsos who are saying LeBron should ask his way back to Cleveland. Like Jimmy Patsos, he's a serious person. Yes. There are serious people putting that out into the world. And not just people like that are trolls like me, you know? Like, these are real human beings with serious thoughts in their head, you know? They're not just like, what would be funny, you know? Maybe Kendrick would. Like, this is nuts. That's where we're at. Let me find the Kendrick Perkins tweet. Because that's, that's nuts. He said, I wonder if LeBron James would consider demanding a trade back to Cleveland. The Cavs have a nice squad. Don't remind me, though, and carry on. Outside of Trey Young, stud Darius Garland is the second best point guard in the Eastern Conference and should be an all-star this year. Carry on. This is my man Patsos, what he had to say last night on BetMGM Tonight. They need Anthony Davis to play, and then they got a couple guys they're waiting to see if they can get healthy. I actually like Kamel off the bench, but with AD out, why can't LeBron say, I'm going back to Cleveland one more time? They would take him. If, if he went to Cleveland, they become the favorites right now in the East. The West is too good. You got the two best teams in the West. The West is too So good. go the East. Go the East for six months, you know, three months. Why not? It's, and it's just, he's allowed to go to Cleveland because that's his place. Coach, how is that deal going to get done? Like, that trade has to make sense. Kevin Love, they got enough money. Kevin Love. Just Ke- you think the Lakers <laughs> are going to trade? Kevin a whole bunch of picks that they have stockpiled for. You think the LeBron. Lakers trade for Kevin? Lo- they trade their cash I like it, Coach. I like it, Coach. I like it. For, and they trade Kevin Love and Colin Sexton Kevin and here. like seven first round draft picks yep. for wow. LeBron James. Coach, hear me out. Kobe yes. White for LeBron instead. Tell me how this works mathematically and like how is this going to make sense from a Lakers perspective? Well, no, I mean you just. Salary-wise, you have to throw love in there. And then yep. Sexton wants big money. 
So he's looking for a place that has cap room. No, so in a year, you figure out the rest. You have to throw a couple. I don't know if you'd want Cleveland's picks because they're good. At, now, you could throw a Coro in there who's a really good young guy at 6'7", because you can find Because LeBron's going to play. So Okoro, Sexton, love for salary cap, and your first rounder. And, hey, if LeBron says I'm doing, he runs the league, basically. And I got no problem with that. This man said Kevin Love would match the salaries. And that's how I knew he was coming off of a plane and they had free drinks. That's how I knew this man was not thinking straight. Like, and then, and then people in Los Angeles and Rich Paul had to dignify it with a response and said, I spoke to LeBron. This is what Sham said. I spoke to LeBron's agent, Rich Paul. And he said, this talk is totally ridiculous. LeBron James is not leaving the Lakers. You dig the, you spoke with him? And he said it was ridiculous. The fact that we even are talking about this. This team, he's going. This team doesn't look like it has the young legs that they need to have. And that's why the Lakers have been active in the trade market. When you look at a guy like Ben Simmons, they love to get a guy like him or Jeremy Grant. What are we even talking about right now? This, how do you think you're getting these team, these players? How? Like, this is not a bad Lakers team. Not just a bad Lakers team. This is an unfixable, untenable situation. This is a, a marriage that is just too costly to split. Like, you know that guy. I'm sure you know him. I know you know of some some man or woman that's in a relationship and they're married. And it would just be a complete financial disaster if they split this thing up. So they just go along peacefully in their own realms. But everybody knows they're not really happy. They're not going to be together long term. And that is Russell Westbrook right now and the Los Angeles Lakers, because there's no one who wants him. No one. And now Anthony Davis, the cornerstone of their franchise, where they traded multiple first-round picks to get him, Anthony Davis is hurt again. Again, he is 27 years old, and he is, still has a degenerative issue in his tendinosis, tendinosis of the Achilles. That's still happening. Yep, not tendinitis, but tendinosis, which I always let people know is degenerative condition, uh, now he has a sprained MCL. Four to six weeks out at best. At best. Anthony Davis says, mentally I'm fine. I'm in good spirits just being around the team. Obviously avoided a major injury, which has my spirits back up because I just didn't know. He said I heard it pop, folks. Uh, and now the team is 500 now. Just lost their best player. And face it, uh, they have 20 games at the very least without him. Do you know what that means? I mean, that means things you just hate to see. Another year where the Lakers' stars are hurt, the supporting cast cannot carry the load, and they are waiting for their star to come and dig them out of a hole where it's just too deep in order for them to dig them out of. They've played 16 different starting lineups in 31 games. (laughs) They've struggled mightily to mix and match their way out of this mediocrity. Frank Vogel's in the lab trying to cook up ways to make. And I said this pre, uh, pre-season. I was like, listen, maybe there's a way that this can work. Maybe. I doubt it. But if there is a way 
like when you go to um, that show Chopped and you get there and there's a box of ingredients and they don't make no sense together and you have to make a Michelin star meal out of them. It's like we're going to give you foie gras and Cheetos and a light bulb. (laughs) Make something. (laughs) That's like, but it's like if they give that to, if they give that to Wolfgang Puck, right? You're like, I'm excited to find out what this is going to be, right? If they give that to me, I'm like, fam, deuces, right? Like, you cannot give this mix-and-match box of ingredients to Frank Vogel and expect a culinary masterpiece to come out. And that's what he's been doing. He's been sweating when the lights and the cameras are on with the saute pans. And they're like, Frank, what are you making up here? And he's like, ah, I just foie, foie gras. I've got some foie gras. i got some. And it's like, you're just saying the ingredients that you have. Yeah, we got Russ. We got AD. We got LeBron. We're just figuring some things out. And it's like, you're not. I don't know that this mix ever makes sense. I'm not sure that this will ever taste good. I'm certain this will never be a championship contender. But I think, actually, this is a recipe that's going to put folks in the hospital if they eat it. Like, I think you might have glass in your lungs at the end of this thing. I mean, he's cooking up these lineups, and they don't make no sense. Braun told reporters after the recent loss, we currently have no idea what this Lakers team is capable of due to the whole entire season of us not all being together. It's hard to assess how good we can be. Yes, that's true. Injuries impact the team. But guess what? When you, AD, Russ, and DeAndre and Jordan and Melo were all playing, you were still 500. Russell Westbrook says he's also extremely, very optimistic uh, heading into the 50 games left in the season. I mean, come on. I, no, he's not. Remember, it was Russ who poo-pooed the preseason, saying that nobody cared about games that didn't count. And then it was Russ, after the shaky start, who was like, well, you can't judge a team in the first couple of weeks. 31 games in, he's like, well, can't judge a team till April. And it's like, April. it's like, wait, we can't judge you until you're literally, like, Packing up your locker? Is that what you're saying? That there's no time period prior to you going home uh, where we can say, hey, this isn't working? It's like, well, Russ, you're you're just lost. I know, and how you should know that the Lakers are truly in trouble, like actually things are a big issue, is that Austin Reeves, an undrafted player, same level as Jay Scrub, a man that you've never heard of his name before this year is statistically their best player on the team. Who? Who? Exactly. I call him Diet Alex Caruso, the assistant janitor, if you will. The assistant to the janitor. Baby Goat, which is the kid. So Austin the Kid Reeves, that's the new nickname for him. Undrafted number two. Uh, two guard out of Oklahoma, by the way, of Wichita State. And when he is on the court, their defensive rating is at 98.3. When he's off the court, 108.7. That is a crazy net rating. His on-court net rating is 9.8. That's the highest on the team by far. I mean, out of guys that actually play. Right. I mean, we knew this team 
would struggle to get open buckets when they had Russell Westbrook, you know, fucking with the spacing. You know, we knew that. Everybody knew that, but you didn't think that they would be 26th in the league in offense while LeBron James was on the court. 30th, below 30th on offense when LeBron James is not on the court. So basically, just to be mediocre, LeBron James needs to log like 48 minutes a game. Like, what? Time is a circle. Every team with LeBron, with every team with Russell Westbrook struggles offensively. He limits every superstar that he's near. That's just the case. Like, that's just what I hate to say is the case. It's not an easy fit. I don't know. Like, what is the recipe for success? And we've said it a million times for LeBron James. You surround LeBron James with shooters that can space the floor, provide lots of open lanes for passing, open lanes for driving, and kicking. Like, all of those three things make for a successful offense. Move without the ball, drive, kick, open up things with, you know, dribble drives, open up things with pick and roll, pin downs, etc. Right? When you have Russell Westbrook, none of those options exist. <laughs> like they're all gone. Those like and then you give him instead a bunch of old guys that either can't shoot or that do shoot but can't play defense like Carmelo Anthony. And so it's a net negative regardless, whether on the floor, whether they're not on the floor. It's not a great scenario because when Carmelo's not on the floor, they can't fucking play offense. When he's on the floor, they can't play fucking defense. That's what the numbers on NBA.com slash advance tell you. You know what I mean? It's not any, and it's not even a hard fix. It's not even like a supremely difficult fix. I think it's completely yeah. impossible to fix. And now with AD is hurt, this team is now giving big minutes to my man DJ, my man DeAndre Jordan, who won in a recent game was a negative 26 in 15 minutes of time. That's the largest in the NBA. He is the second lowest plus minus while playing 15 minutes or fewer by a Lakers since 2000. Since 2000. He's nine, minus 92 for the season. That's the second lowest player by any player in the entire NBA who's played 350 minutes or fewer. And Shams and Woj, they keep clicking and clicking on their Twitter machine saying that the Lakers are active on the trade market. And I'm like, how, Sway? How? What you going to get? How are you going to take? It'd be like, okay, you got that box of the light bulb and the foie gras and the chocolate and the popcorn, and you're like, hey, I'll trade you this light bulb for your steak. <laughs> and you're like, um, no. I'll trade you my Russell Westbrook light bulb that fits nowhere in this box, and I want you to give me Ben Simmons. No. I, that's, I'm sorry. Even, even someone who's about to lose his job, like Daryl Moore, he's not going to do that trade. <laughs> and that's assuming that they can actually trade for anyone. Right. Like, Jeremy Grant isn't going to help this team win a title, and I don't even think you can get Jeremy Grant. Like, the best trade piece that the Lakers have is Austin Reeves. Like, and he makes no money. He makes no money. So your most valuable piece, you can't even trade for anyone of value for him back. Like, that's your best player, Austin Reeves. You can't trade him. Like, you would be better off actually truthfully trading LeBron James than Austin Reeves right now. 
That's a troll. That's a troll thing to say. That's a troll. See, that's, but it's not untrue statistically. So what does this mean going forward? You've got a 37-year-old player, LeBron James, who must play 35 minutes or more just to keep them at 500 in mediocrity perpetually. And then when they ask an interim coach, David Fisdale, Mr. Take That for Data, uh, because currently Frank Vogel has has COVID, like everyone, uh, they asked him, hey, why don't you try to slow LeBron James from playing so many minutes? And he's like, uh, LeBron doesn't give us a choice. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, what do you mean? He's out there. He literally just he just puts his body on the floor, and then we have to find someone to pull off the floor. And LeBron always wants to be out there. He's in such good shape, he's not worrying about it. I mean, you know who's got to worry about LeBron James getting re-injured? Everyone. Every single person who profits off of the NBA must worry, must shake in their boots, must stay up late at night wondering, thinking about the amount of minutes that LeBron James is logging for this dog shit team. Like, he would probably bring in just as much money on the East Coast when we can watch him at a reasonable hour. Because I don't want to watch him at 11 p.m. play with DeAndre Jordan and Austin fucking Reeves. I would love to see LeBron James with Evan Mobley. Ooh, I kind of love that. I would love LeBron James and Darius Garland and Laurie Markinen and Evan Mobley on at 7 p.m. Eastern time in purple and gold. I would love... <laughs> Them to just not be in Cleveland. I would just love them to be another team instead. But you can't have everything you want. And then if you're wondering, okay, well, maybe they'll just wait for the Russell Westbrook uh, contract to fall off the books and him to be a, they'll just lose him for nothing, something, buy him out, whatever. No, by that time, LeBron James will be 40. That That's, I mean, by next, not this summer, but the following summer, LeBron James will be 39 and change. And that's not great. Honestly, I just cannot think of a single scenario for the Lakers to get out of this one. Somehow you took five valuable pieces that you could trade and brought back one light bulb. Like, like it just, and then they're like, oh, you know, it's just Russell Westbrook. He just plays a little too fast. We're trying to slow him down. And it's like this light bulb, all it knows how to do is give you light. Like that's all it is, on or off. That's all it is. You can't slow this man down. We've tried. He's a Tasmanian devil. Ask folks in Washington whether Russell Westbrook can play at 65% pace in the speed that every other elite athlete plays at because he's legitimately way too fast to be on the court with other elite athletes. I mean, the only way it works is if LeBron James somehow becomes 23 years old again. I don't think that's going to work. Or you could potentially trade the only real piece you could, besides Austin Reeves, is Anthony Davis. If you traded Anthony Davis for, like, Donovan Mitchell or Paul George, I don't see any scenario short of that where this team can actually do what it needs to do, which is to win a title, let alone even contend for a title. Like, this is not a team in the top six. And the fact that they're 500 right now is a testament to how great LeBron James has been. He has been fucking amazing. Like, we can't say enough 
how good he is at this age. And it still doesn't matter. Because without him, this team is 12th, 13th in the West with a lovely, sweet, very athletic light bulb who gets paid $46 million and is an anchor bringing your entire fucking franchise down to the basement in the West. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We will be back Monday evening with a new episode from all of us here at Odyssey. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, happy whatever holiday that you enjoy. Uh, If you just passed with the winter solstice, um, happy solstice to you. Uh, Have a joyous holiday, folks. Please do not forget to subscribe, download, and tell all your friends about the pod. Follow us on social at at the T-Check and at Trista Crick on TikTok. We will see you Monday, ladies.